1: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.
2: How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Knife Talk Podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, This is where we talk knives, we answer questions, uh, we give each other a little bit of a hard time, but it's all for fun. And, uh, yeah, just thanks again for joining us. I am Marco Malmasi. I am here, as always, with Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives and Jeff Fader of Fader Knives. And uh, we're going to kick it off with how the last week has been. How, how's your last week been, Craig?
3: In the deepest, deepest winter here. Um, it's good. It's good. It, it was a really good week, actually. So um, I sold the last of those camp knives that I launched congratulations week nice. before last. Great. Thank you. And thank you, you guys, for the help too because you both promoted a little bit and I think that really helped. Um, and literally within the last half an hour, I've launched the, the box cutters. So I, t- I talked about this being a sort of happy accident a couple of weeks ago where... These were meant to be table knives, didn't work out, but actually I started using one as a box cutter and it was like, geez, these are perfect. Nice long handle on them. They were perfect. So I went into a bit of sort of prototyping stage with that and I changed the design slightly and did a few little things. And I'm launching them as a sort of product. So they'll always be available. They'll be the the most inexpensive knives that I make. And um, I've just launched them literally now, in the last half an hour. So there's a little video and, you know, the usual kind of thing um so yeah it's been exciting so I've, I've actually started work on the camp knives this week um and as i say with these box cutters too so it's been quite varied it's, it's been it's been a really good week really good week nice
1: p.s don't give us the credit you're the the knife the cam knife was beautiful design and the price was on the money you know mm. so I, I don't think i mean we help but i mean i don't think it was by much you you know yeah. you did it all yourself i mean Those are cool, considering yeah, your last right. ba- considering your last batch of the sustainable knife. I mean, those things blew up quick, so I would imagine you got a lot of return business.
3: Yeah, well, hopefully so. Yeah, I mean, the the problem was, I wouldn't say a problem, but I mean, the sustainable knives that w- I was, you know, marketing them towards towards cooks and chefs who were my sort of audience. Right. So, I mean, the camp knife specifically was was a very new audience for me. So, yeah, very pleased to to have, to have sold out with them, and I think there's going to be in the future. I think I will carry them as a permanent stock, but the design will change. So you know, those who've got these these initial ones, they'll be you know they'll be special knives. There's only fifty being made. Um, I'm going to make a a change to them, so there won't be so many options available to people Mm -hmm. um, to be permanent stock, which which would be quite nice. And again, just sort of broadening um, you know my offering, I suppose.
1: Nice. My my favorite thing that you've done, and you said it to me. I don't know if you've posted it, but you did a video for the box cutter and in the beginning posted
3: in the last 10 minutes all right good Literally in the last 10 minutes good
1: so the karate chop of the boxes might have been my favorite <laughs> thing you've ever done oh my, i, fucking I love that it. oh my god he just puts these boxes stacks them up nice and he looks like prim and proper and has his glasses on and then he just his eyes bulge out of his head and he gives this giant karate
3: chop to the whole pyramid of whole boxes <laughs> i fucking love that
4: you know, that it's was been so real great. fun.
3: I, I made this decision um, probably a month or two ago that with any sort of new knife that I do, I'm going to have a video. And these are varied from, you know, complete sort of product videos, um, you know, dark and moody and yeah. burlesque, as you call it, right. <laughs> um, to this one, which was more of a sort of vlog style introduction to this knife. Um, and I recorded that during the week and I've watched that introduction because I've been obviously editing it. I've watched that introduction probably a thousand times and each time it makes me smile, I, I it's read great that first five seconds
1: that I like. <laughs> And then the, and then your little digital in the background there's this like digital uh, whatever your digital red digital uh, even cool box uh, is going back yeah. and
3: forth. I fucking love that too. Yeah, that does my head in because it, it doesn't look like that. It it, it just shows the it temperature. It looks great. I mean, it looks like it, it looks like you're Shutter having... on the camera. It's, yeah, it, it sort of, yeah, it's yeah, but sort of it looks like away.
1: it looks like you have what the hell's he doing over there? With <laughs>
3: that you know, like a
1: vibrating light. I was like, what is going on in that shop over there?
0: That even
1: cool. <laughs> chopping boxes which, and like sirens going off It's great.
4: I
2: just <laughs> which
1: isn't an official even
2: heat product, by the way. Nice. By the way. Nice. No, nice. of course. I just watched no. that first five seconds. That is fucking
1: hilarious. my wife is like what the hell are you doing perfect it's perfect don't worry it's so good don't worry yeah it's really good look
3: on your face is outstanding (laughs) (laughs) so basically box cutters are available they're on online they're on the on the website available they'll be permanent stock um and they're ready to ship almost immediately there you go so that's been my
2: week wait wait that's Uh, not been your week Uh, tell me about this irish i saw you you went to some irish pub in france ah what is that about yeah, we
3: did was so we for the first time in so long my wife and i had an evening out so my wife's parents now live close to us here in france um and the uh the mother-in-law decided she you know she was going to babysit for us nice. so we had an evening out which was which was really nice so it's um an irish bar uh probably about half an hour half an hour away from us here Um, you know proper guinness and Mm. you know it felt like a british country pub because you know we had to drive there and it's wet and windy and it just felt really nice so a break from the routine and it was so needed so needed we're you know, we're pretty cut off here. So, you know, routine is is, is everything. Every day is the same. <laughs> it really is. It's actually boring. But every day is the same. So to break it up with, with, with that was lovely. Um, it was nice to be out. But whilst we were out, so Macron, who's the uh, the president here in, in France, made a big speech about um, curfews. So certain um, places in France now, they have a curfew between 9 p.m. and 6 a.m., mm because the cases have gone through the roof. Right. I think we were on 7,000 when we first a day when we first went into lockdown back in March um and we hit 27,000 yesterday. Holy so shit. it's it's gone bonkers again. <laughs> um so yeah, so things are tightening back up again. Yeah. Um but I think people are just sort of relaxing into a bit bit now. You know, we're, we're used to you know this big change. It's it's been happening over a few months, and we're it's sort of it's becoming the normal very quickly, which is which is quite sad. But um, so yeah, that is. Whilst we were out, we were told about these curfews, which were, which was crazy. Yeah. So we're not going out again. <laughs> basically, yeah.
1: Yeah. better start getting that uh, beer beererator
3: going. Exactly, make yeah. The beer some, machine back on. Yeah. You,
1: make yourself some Guinness, and make
3: I may mean, turn that shop into a pub. Well, that was my last drink, actually. So I had a couple of pints of Guinness um, back, what was it, Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and I've decided I'm not going to drink for the rest of the month um, just because it's, like, wait, it's, it's difficult. Two, to... Fucking two weeks left. There's like not even two weeks know, left in the month. I know, but two weeks is better. I'll see how I go after
1: two weeks. <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> I mean, but I'll see how I go. It's like saying on December 24th, I'm not going to drink for the rest of the year. Come on, man.
0: <laughs> what bullshit is this? I'll see drink. how I oh, go. Well, he's
1: going to go for a whole month. No, he's not. He's
3: going to go for like a week and a half. Yeah. The the babies haven't been sleeping. So I've just been constantly tired. Mm. And I think if it, and it's easy to fall into that routine. So each evening, yeah. babies go to bed, we open a bottle of wine or we do all you sure. know. And it's, I don't know, it, the belly's not getting any better. So I need to. I, I've also started seeing a, a personal trainer as well on, online. So twice a week, I'm doing this. It's only like a half an hour, like workout session twice a week. Sure. Um, and just you know, trying to get my head straight, trying to trying to be a bit more positive with the world, and uh, you know, grab the ball by the horn. Is, is it like one on one, or are you in like a group class, like kind of almost like a how Peloton works? You know, that's big a big yeah, a little States. bit like Peloton, but it's very small groups. It's sort of four or five of us. Um, yeah, it's 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 good. It's it's a reason. You know, it's we're booked in, and it's like seven seven a.m. Um, when we do it. My wife does it with me as well, so it's oh, seven nice. a.m. So you know, we need to be up. We need to be ready. And once we've done that, we're ready for the rest of the day, so i'm I'm enjoying it, but you know who knows two weeks later, who knows well yeah. <laughs> you're doing something that's good <laughs> exactly, yeah, getting the blood pump in early in the morning it's needed, Morocco, what you've been up to uh knife stuff always and if no <laughs> uh
2: uh making good progress on this uh knife that I started last week. I was making steel and or sorry the week wait what yeah, anyways getting really close i was hoping to have it done by today didn't get it done today but i only have a couple more days of work left in it so i'm all right with cool. that that's a pretty good turnaround for me uh and then it's just going to be onward and upward with the other stuff i've also been working on uh yesterday actually i had a, a family day in the shop uh, my son goes to a waldorf school which is kind of a more kind of like european style um outdoor school where he spends a lot of time, uh, they've like the, the, the grounds of the school are very heavily wooded. So they spend a lot of time running around through the woods and, and there aren't a lot of toys. So they have to like use their imaginations and, or make their own toys and stuff like that. And he loves it. And so, uh, it is a nonprofit though. So they do a fundraiser every fall. And, um, I'm making, we're making some stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, my first thought always is like, let's throw a knife at it. <laughs> we definitely don't have the time to th- just throw a knife at it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I do have um, some beautifully figured like a uh, flame maple. And uh, I, I, I did my first crack at a wooden spoon. It was kind of more of like a, an angel wing spoon, which you've talked mm-hmm. about before, which it kind of comes off to a point on one, ed- one edge and it's kind of rounded on the other edge, right?
3: So you can scrape into the corners. Of yeah, the ground, exactly.
2: And I kind of hollowed, just a very shallow hollow out of it, um, with like a six-inch wheel. Actually, I used my con- uh, my contact wheels to grind a hollow in it, but um, they came out really good. They didn't take much time. I forged a, a few s- simple kind of like a shepherd's hook bottle openers, um, which uh, if that you don't know what the hell that means. It's kind of like a Nick Rossi, the the kind of bottle openers you see from Nick Rossi, um, and. Yeah, we're going to be donating those and and my and so my wife and son also kind of helped. My my son helped do some forging for the first time with a little ball-peen hammer. <laughs> Two hands on the ball-peen while I'm holding the uh the steel and he's hitting it and it's doing almost nothing, but he's loving it. He thought it was the coolest thing. Yeah. Um and uh my wife was like hand-sanding the the spoons while I was forging the rest of the bottle openers and Why are you I, giggling, Craig?
3: No, I'm just this picture of this little kid with a little hammer hitting the, hitting the, yeah. it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> yeah.
2: And so it was, we had a nice day with the family. And so, so those will be going out, uh, it's, they're doing an auction, um, and it's actually open to the public. So if anybody happens to hear this and they're interested possibly in those things, you would actually be welcome to come bid on it. Uh, outside of that, we're, we're working on the calendars pretty diligently. We're looking to get, uh, everything sent to the printers, um. Next weekend, by the end of I guess this week. Um, we got most of the artwork from all the the, um the makers and yeah, so that's coming together really quick and then we're gonna be putting those up for sale and so keep that in mind if you guys are are looking for a new calendar in the coming year. So
1: cool. Otherwise you are cool. That's
2: basically it. What about you, Mr. Jeff? What you been doing, my man?
1: It was a lot of bobbing and weaving this week. It was a lot of it was a lot of bobbing and weaving. I uh, I had a couple of things happen that so this past week I did an Instagram live with Chef Charlie Palmer. He he invited me on to do two cooks in the kitchen, and we were going to cook skirt steaks. I came up with uh, cooking skirt steaks, and uh, I actually decided to do it in my shop. So I was trying to figure out how I was going to cook this steak in the shop without minimal, you know, nonsense. So I actually had our friend uh Chris Zep from Make Everything Shop make me these ovular steel plates at a half inch steel and with a with an end on them and the end was so I could pick them up with a pair of tongs. The exact size of a sizzle platter. And actually last week I ran out to get them and then um I put them in my even heat kiln, ratcheted up to 1600 degrees and then I took this st- steak, seasoned it, Put it on the uh, the table, and uh, I put two one, two, three blocks uh on either side of the the, the sizzle platter, and then I pulled the sixteen hundred degree plate out, knocked it on the anvil, took off of the scale with a wire brush, and then laid it on top, and it was just I I put some eighth-inch spacers just so it wasn't exactly touching, and I cooked these steaks on Instagram Live. And um and then I the steak <laughs> I did looked few, awesome. It? They were they were cooked perfectly yeah they were cooked coast I to mean, coast to you point, called it right coast to coast <laughs> they were cooked coast to coast which coast to coast means it's exact there's no like you know it's uh nice and seared on the outside and then a very very even pink the whole way through and then grilled uh seared on the other side i mean tony was in the shop when i was doing it and he was just like i mean i cooked him and i cooked this steak and under under five minutes the whole thing a perfect mid-rare and then uh we were having a good time and charlie's breaking my balls and i was breaking his balls and scotty was breaking my balls and uh it was fun we were having a fun time i started to plate it and uh i i uh i had a i had a minor uh i had a minor accident (laughs) at the end my arrogance got to me a quenching incident well i mean the top of my squeeze bottle fell off <laughs> and i drenched the entire plate of food with olive oil <sighs> so it was uh it was funny because the camera woman started laughing and then i imme- and then charlie the, it, if you want the whole deep story go listen to the latest episode of the full Blast podcast but basically it was hilarious um, it was unexpected. I had basically tripped on the finish line. Uh, I could have won, I would have won the whole thing. I was breaking his balls about the fact that he had a steak finished and he was, you know, he was. I had, I, I started saying, wait a second, how did you get that steak done? So I said, there's no way you could have cooked it as fast as I did. And, oh, you know, magic is, you know, TV. And then he's, you know, and then the oil went
3: everywhere. It was the slow motion. You looked up at the camera and I could see your face just. Fell. No, I didn't to fall. Be, I to smiled. Be fair, you, you shook it off. You shook it off in about two seconds. I you laughed. Just like bang, and you went straight back onto yeah. it, well, it. And you went. The way uh, you recovered yeah, was good recovery
2: incredible. I, I don't well. Think, yeah. Look, it almost looked like the it was reason. planned.
1: It was certainly not planned because I know. what would have happened was I would have whipped his ass to the point where I got a text from his son. His son who graduated from the CIA and says I'm the champion. And it was just like and i said if it wasn't for that fucking first plate i would have won the whole goddamn thing and fine and uh and it was it was and i got called charlie called me here's the reason why i recovered it i was finishing up and there was nothing left to i mean he was just gonna put some the the peppers on as a garnish i'm done and i don't know what happened there's no reason to do, do this squeeze bottle of olive oil there was no reason zero reason and i was arrogant and I was, you know, I was impetuous. And my impetuosity fucking got me. And it was the goddamn squeeze bottle. We, I figured out that I had put it in the washing machine so many times. It, something happened to the threads. And it's just like, as I squeezed it, it like opened the, the opening. And then the pop just came out by the time. I mean, there was nothing... I mean, it would look like I had poured it over the fucking
3: thing. I mean, it was. So... <laughs> I think you. I think you could have got away with it because no, was on Instagram Live, it's only half the half the phone anyway, and you know it wasn't you know directly on the on the food. I think you, possibly you could have got away with that. Well,
1: but... no, no, because here's the reason why. Because the whole thing is, is I wanted to do it so I, I was in selfie mode so I can control the the camera and then uh, you know interact with Charlie and well, Charlie and Scotty had a camera person there the uh, his at the time it was his assistant uh, Hannah or something like that so she's filming it walking around and looking at his and he's yelling at me and he he can't see what I'm doing so at the time as soon as I the oil goes over I'm like oh god you can see that and you can almost hear Tony in the background's going <gasps> it was great he was like i mean he fucking won the whole thing he was shocked at how perfect this these guys have never seen a steak cooked at 1600 degrees as perfect that should thing should have fucking turned into a a charcoal a briquette or it should have been undercooked it was fucking perfect and all of a sudden charlie gets on and you can see him squinting to try to focus on what i'm doing and I, my eyes looked at what he was doing. I fucking grabbed the plate and started over again. Oh, and I was like, oh, don't worry. Just, you know, we're, we already finished the first plate. I'm going to make the second one. We, we were so hungry, it you so know, It's was obviously <laughs> such horse shit, you know, but it was, I, I, I just, the, so when we all finished off and, you know, I, Charlie immediately called me and he said, that was the most fun I've had. And their director of marketing says, he's, he's, everyone's always nervous, but I, what happened was and like i said listen to the latest episode of the full blast podcast and i go into it every part of it and it's actually the best single track i've done in my as far as i'm concerned the funny thing is is back in uh 2001 when i was at alva with with uh scotty who's the chef in that in that video and tony charlie was on the today show now the today show was an nbc morning show which is easily at the time 2001 90s 80s 90s 2000 early 2000s it was the pop most popular morning show in the united states period now i don't think anyone at the time no one came close it was right after 9-11 and they were trying to figure out these little things to make people you know have you know relax you know whatever pump people up so they got charlie and a couple other guys i don't think it was danielle balud but it was like that kind of level those guys were like high they got some high level chefs down there and they were gonna, you know, talk about, you know, whatever, what to do for Thanksgiving. It was getting ready for Thanksgiving, and Charlie came in there, you know, going fucking full blast. And he he goes in there, he does these things, and he's impetuous, and he's just like he just starts talking. He just he doesn't listen to what the producer say. He just starts talking shit because he's just like, this is how you you do. And uh, he challenged in the segment on a Monday. He challenged all the other chefs to a uh, gingerbread house. You know, cook off. And then and then without any asking the people on live, live on TV, without asking any of the producers, he said, and we'll be back here on Friday to see who wins. (laughs) Like a (laughs) fucking gorilla. I mean, like a gorilla. Like, I mean, there's a balls on him. He just like basically took the whole fucking show. I mean, it was like a takeover. Hmm. And I mean what can you do he's just like i'm gonna come back here and we're all gonna come back here on friday with the gingerbread house and we're gonna see whose gingerbread house is the best and then it was like they forced a friday they forced a friday episode so at the time we were all you know we don't go into the restaurant until 10 in the morning and we're there all night so i was up i was like ah, let's see what we'll see what charlie's up to charlie goes on there he's like matt lauer's calling him like You know, uh, Muhammad Ali of the culinary world. He's talking so much shit. He's going over the fucking top, but it's hilarious. Who wants to give a fuck about a fucking gingerbread house? He's making it super interesting. So I'm watching him, just like, oh man, he's gonna. Someone's gonna have to make those goddamn gingerbread houses by Friday. We get to the. We get to the. And this is before you know. We didn't really have cell phones, so this is. So we get to the shop. We get to Alva. Charlie's already there with like blueprints. Hands him over to fucking. He 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 hands him to Tony. And he's just like, okay, we got to win this fucking thing. We had to clear the whole basement. He's like, all right, we have to win this. And it was like all hands on deck for all the restaurants. So we had to clear the bottom basement out. And like Tony had fucking blueprints and all this shit to make the fucking, this like (laughs) gingerbread house village. The pastry chef at Oriole had to do all this sugar spun, uh, you know, ponds and marzipan skaters. And It was like all the restaurants were like on high alert. I'm going to win this motherfucker. But it was hilarious. So he was super impetuous, and it was like everyone was super into it, and it was really great at the time. So when I went into this with with Charlie for this past week, I channeled that impetuousness. And I was just like, I'm going to fuck this guy. I'm going to fuck this shit up. I was calling him out. I was like, What the fuck? Where did you get that steak? There's no way you could have cooked that steak faster than me. There's no way. I was like, What? How come we were late? Where the hell were you guys? What do you think this is? I got things to do. It was just like, I went in there full blast. And it was really fun, and he ended up calling me up, and we had a lot of laughs. And then Scotty had me a lot, made a lot of laughs, and I, I threatened to come back on and cook a flounder on an engine block. I don't know if you've done <laughs> yes. that. Was that was a big '80s thing that like, these dudes were like wrapping like food up in foil and putting it on their engine block to cook them. So I, I, I'm, you know, next week's gonna be Tyler Florence, but. I got calls from this kid who was just like, yeah, that was the most fun he's had. And we had a good time. It so. was
3: good fun to watch, it was she great. really was.
1: And then yeah. the next bobbing and weaving was, I had already recorded the full blast podcast with Cliff and John and something happened. We, <laughs> we got kicked <laughs> off. And then Friday morning, I get a message from, from the czar, Craig Lockwood, saying that Cliff's audio is fucked up. So I recorded a, a massive, uh, full blast podcast uh, on the fly. I organized the timeline, and it, it, of all of them I've done by myself, that's the one I think is the best one, and it's it's very you know it it's it's it summates the whole thing, and you know I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah,
2: I was really um, good. Um, uh,
3: Any knife making this week at all? Well,
1: my my kids' fucking school <laughs> media stuff. Yeah. Well, my fucking kids' school got another uh, coronavirus uh, positive so she's been like a bummed out because of you know our poor cat died and she's like she's it's hard for her to be in the it's not hard for her she just doesn't really want to be alone and be in the room mm-hmm. where he died and that was where she was doing her classes mm. so i set my shop up so she could come and hang out with me so she's been hanging out with me and i've been hand sanding i'm at the hand sanding stage of the uh 56 uh, offset serrated of knives so I, I did so much disc grinding and I did so much preparation that I've gotten it down to I can hand sand one knife in under half an hour. I'm fucking thrilled. So mm. I'm going to be hand sanding all this week and uh, my kid's going to be hanging out with me and uh, it's going to be,
3: that's going to be good. Cool. That's the knife making news. Nice. Yeah. So I've got a question. Before we move on to questions from our listeners, um, I've got a question. Go ahead. And it's, it's sort of about where I am as a knife maker at the moment. I just want to see how you guys, you know, do things. So moving forward, I'm hoping to have like a, a core range, which will always be available. And then I'll have these like special runs, limited runs, um, which, you know, there'll be 50 or 100 or whatever. Um, but, you know, by doing these limited runs, they'll then sort of inform the way I do stuff. So the permanent stock, they'll have these these improvements because by doing these limited runs, I'll be pushing myself a bit, learning new things, right. which I can then bring into the old stuff. So the question really is, as as knife makers, um, how are you keeping yourself relevant with regards to the products that you offer? Um mm-hmm. Do, do you see yourself, or like you you both do things very differently? Mareco, for example, do you see yourself always doing these these custom orders, uh, or will you eventually <laughs> hold stock? And for Jeff, you, you occasionally do these limited limited runs. Um, but you know, will these then eventually become sort of permanent stock that you'll always offer? You know, how how do you keep yourself excited as well as keeping things relevant? Sure, good question.
2: Yeah, I think I uh, I would really like to go in the direction of having stock on hand because every time somebody contacts me and i don't have a knife available uh or my books aren't open that is a knife that isn't sold um yeah I think maybe yeah. maybe jeff or you craig have mentioned something about that in the past and so i've been thinking about that and just thinking about you know how hard it is already enough just doing them doing this as a full-time you know as as a business um and how i'm leaving basically leaving money on the table by not having myself set up in that way um and so i think yeah i would i would really like to go in that direction um obviously it would have to be something uh a bit more uh, a bit less time consuming uh versus what i do currently um but still obviously a good product um but something that's you know ready for people and it, it is it would have to be you know I, I'm known for my, the, the Damascus stuff, but I think, you know, it'd have to be very different and very, uh, I guess, yeah, just very different from what I normally do so that it's clear that, you know, this knife that is wh- how, however it costs, it's obviously would be less, I believe, um, than my full custom stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, they'd have to be able to distinguish between the two and say, oh, yeah, I get why the custom stuff is more expensive and there's just a lot more time and effort and yeah. hands on work that goes into it um but yeah i think ideally that would be the the direction i would like to do, to go to be doing f- way fewer if almost no customs on, in the future um you know unless somebody's just really really adamant about wanting something then they're going to i guess have to pay me it sounds i i sound like a diva <laughs> it's like, well, then you're gonna have no, to. you're gonna have to fucking pay now. me <laughs> to take oh, no. my you take speak.
1: time away from doing whatever the fuck I want to do. So well, that you made you made, it, you made yourself me. sound like a diva by saying it like you're a big, <laughs> you just made it sound like yourself a diva now. Like, you know, that's not a diva. So. If you, unless you say it like that. You gotta yeah. pay me. If you say it like that. You gotta you pay diva. me.
3: Yeah, that's diva. Bitch. Pay me, bitch. Bitch. Yeah. But, yeah, I suppose the danger there is watering down um, your sort of custom premium product, isn't it? You know, I can see the sort of trade-off. Yeah, well, and that's why I think they have to
2: be very clearly, distinctly different, you know, very different. Almost possibly, like I have the Smith & Bard line, like even having a different name so that potentially people don't even know that. (laughs) Not that that I don't want Mm. them to know that they're connected, but just so it's very clear and distinct that they're very different lines and very different kind of tiers without saying that this other line of knives is a second tier because that sounds horrible. Uh, sounds like basically there's good stuff and then there's garbage.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because you did do those um, stock removal range for a while, didn't you? You did a handful of them and they sold. Yeah, sold.
2: I only I only did a handful of them and we actually have a few of those blanks laying around, so I think we're going to try to whip whip out the rest of them um, for the holiday season. But yeah, uh, it's definitely definitely the direction I would like to be going in the future.
3: Okay, cool. What about you, Jeff? Because the the way you sell is is probably a bit more like the way I do things, where you'll have a, like a like a run of knives, but you also have your core range as well, don't you? Like your your, your classic K tips and so on. Well, is, is that you, the way you see yourself going forward, well, keeping hold of a range and, and improving over that on that over time? This
1: is a very timely uh, question because well, we, when uh, Tony and I talk, that the always the thing is 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 having stuff on hand is really what we need. Mm-hmm. So right now, the biggest thing what we normally do is you can pre-order something and then you know you wait a couple months and then I'll start the build. And um, the problem is is there's a lot of I do so much customization in terms. Of, I mean, I have too many options and it's impossible to kind of allow people to have that range of options online what we don't want to do is the problem is is, um we end up having these back and forths with you know the customers which is perfectly normal i mean people ask a question you or respond that answer with an answer Hmm. the problem is is just becoming too you know is the juice worth the squeeze on 15 emails for an oyster night you know what i mean yeah yeah so we're gonna to try to work down, uh, I'm working down our list and we're, we're always also pushing people towards pre-ordering the web, from the website and then we can make the decision then. But I, we're going to black out some months and I'm going to have like, I'm gonna spend two months making K-tips or two months making offset serrated or two months making. So we're gonna have every so often I'm gonna have uh, stock available. That's the most important thing is what you don't want is somebody to buy something and then they gotta, you know, they buy it online. They're all fired up and then they gotta wait three months before I start. It. Yeah, you know, it kind of sucks. So yeah, we're yeah. we're 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 definitely in the line of trying to uh, have stuff available, and then um, li- not. I mean, it's not going to be limiting the custom
3: experience, but it's like we. I want to have stuff available. Regard that's it. Yeah, you know? makes so, sense. Yeah. I, I think I, particularly with, you know, with the holidays coming up too. You want people to go online yeah, and buy stuff. 100%. And, no,
1: you know, yeah. it's definitely something that something we talk about because it's, it's the office work. It's, it's just the back and forth. It's just too much. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's, luckily for me, I don't have to do any of it. So I just kind of like, I don't have to do any of that. But it's just like too many emails to, to, to get a sale is kind of like, it's just time wasted. So mm-hmm. we're going to, tr- that's what we're trying to, that's what we're trying to do and um you know i want to have the regular stuff i want to have uh the uh, k-tips and i'm gonna have oyster knives and then i'm gonna have the uh one of the original offset serrated knives that <laughs> apparently now is uh is i've been ins- a lot of inspiration lately so fine and then I'm i've gonna, seen a few and i've seen a few i mean yes. you can't make this shit up right <laughs> so then we're gonna do oyster knives and paring knives and you know I- i'll have like a standard you know like a kitchen kit but I like to do different things i like to you know i like to have different options like we're gonna we started to do uh a french style knife where the tip is kind of higher up on the uh on the on the center line of the knife the three different kind of styles of chef knife they're all a little bit different and it's fun and look that's what we're gonna we're trying to make it more i need to be more uh, streamlined in terms of um sales and output too yeah do you think you'll ever get um somebody in um working alongside you? Of course. We talk about this all the time. I mean, it, the hardest part is where I am. I'm not in a place where it's very easy to kinda of get a hold of someone. The other thing is is honestly, I don't want anybody in here. You know, I, I mean I'm just yeah, we've just sure recently thing, yeah. had some I, we've recently had some news in regards to someone, a friend of mine being very, very sick and um and it was COVID related and it was really like, I really wanna just try to and you know, my wife's in the hospital. She says that the the infection rate is going up steadily from when it was down to zero uh, mm. this summer and uh i'm trying to be as you know i'm still dealing with my mother and i want to make sure she's okay and at this point in time i'd like to not have someone in here no you know and then also i also because you know we do everything on the up and up i'm not just like slipping someone a you know a couple bucks in their pocket you know we're you know we do we do it the right way with w-2s and all the right forms and and what ended up happening is I'm working to pay the 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 you know the employee insurance or whatever you know their you know whatever their rate is. It's just like the government takes you know more than than that. I got to pay into employee insurance. I got to pay in all this and the other thing. I ended up working you know Saturdays just to pay this you know for the week of this kid you know or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I'm trying to 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 you know we're trying to figure out a way that it can be as you know. Good as possible, so a lot of the things is we're taking a lot of the work out of it. We're taking yeah. a lot of the labor out of it. You know, getting stuff. Uh, Pete's doing a lot of laser cutting for me. He's doing an awesome uh, water jet cutting for me at New Jersey Steel Baron, which is it's a lifesaver. And then uh, we're going on from there. Gotcha. Does that answer your question?
3: gotcha you. You nearly fell asleep halfway through there. <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: no. It was just like you know, what are we going to do? We're we going to talk about. I don't have woes. I don't have, wo well, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not complaining about anything. I just, you know, it's, you know, you just want to, you just look, you're hoping for more. Yeah. And then how do you get how, how does
3: that make you feel inside, though?
1: Uh, makes me feel like you're trying my move. And <laughs> not to mention, I, I knew you're, you're a knife maker, so I knew you were be a thief. I knew you are going to try to steal my shit. <laughs> All you motherfuckers are thieves, thieves and cheaters. It's fine. I know what you tried to do right there, Craig. <laughs> try to steal my shit.
3: Okay, fine. well, I think, I think... Yeah, we'll move on. But I think you've, you've got some thanking to do to Even Heat because without them, that steak wouldn't have come out so great. The, the, the way you fucked up was nothing to do with them. It was all down to you and your quenching <laughs> we technique. Say, who said fucked steak. up? Who said fucked up? I didn't fuck up. <laughs> Highest ratings of the whole goddamn show. And if
1: you go, I even sent a message to Spence saying, you know, watch this thing. I'm going to cook this steak perfect using my Even Heat LB18. And, to, and uh, Charlie said, what's an LB-18? And I said, it's the greatest. I did see. It's the greatest kiln known to man. And he says, can I have one for Christmas? And he's, I said, you don't have the juice. <laughs> and I meant <laughs> to mean like you don't have the power, but it sounded like yeah, I don't, you don't have the pull. It certainly does
0: have a pull, but fine. Run that ad. Life Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper!
3: To the chopper, indeed. (laughs) Right, let's get to the main sort of meat of the show, where we get questions from you, um, and we try our best to answer. So if you've got any questions... Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. And a bunch of people have this week, so... Hey, man, can I ask you a question? The first one is from Kulter, um, and this is from Instagram. It says, hey, guys, any tips on how to approach grinding in contours and angles on a multifaceted chef's handle? Do grind in your hard lines first, then contour and start rounding specific sections. So he, he mentions Mareko's Japanese cowboy handle is a good example. And he said, I myself find it tricky to know where certain lines are going to move to and what shape they will take on throughout the process. Mm. So this is a perfect one for you there, Mareko. Um, sure. Yeah, he's asking about those contours and, and angles. I mean,
2: honestly, when I first did it, too, I had no idea where things were going to go. And you kind of just got to buckle up and see where the ride takes you. Um, and it really depends on how you approach your grinder or your handle shaping. I, the the original inspiration for my faceted Western that I also call a Japanese cowboy handle, it it started as... Uh, the way that I basically go in at hard angles to hog away um, material where my the contours of my like my my regular kind of western handle would flow around, They're these really nice smooth contours, but just to rough them in, I would just hog out ang- angularities and um, but. It, in doing that, I was like, "Oh shit, this kind of looks cool." And uh, holding it, it felt kind of nice. And I was like, "Well, I should probably take some time, some time to figure that out and just do these." Fa- Maybe there's a way to do a faceted Western-style handle. And it sat around, and I never did it. I I hadn't done it for, or I didn't really go after it for like a year, a year and a half after, uh, and after I first started doing that kind of hogging material way, and. And I, yeah, the honest, you know, and it still changes kind of from from handle to handle. You know, they're not all exactly the same. They all have kind of their l- little extra thing. Maybe they have an extra facet here and there, or uh, the lines flow just a little differently. And it just, you know, <laughs> I I don't know how to tell you how to approach it. Unfortunately, you know, uh, the first time I did like did one and and it came out really cool with all these crazy facets it had like 18 facets around the entire handle um people thought i was using a jig or something i was i'm just free handing it and holding it <laughs> i de- hope hoping holding it and crossing my fingers hoping that i don't fuck it up more than anything um so i i will say if if you're not comfortable doing all your handle shaping on a grinder it using files like using a knife vise and filing away the material, it's much slower, but you have more control and you can kind of keep a better eye on the, the angle of each of the facets and where those lines flow. You know, yeah, Yella Hasenberg, um, who's very well known for his faceted handles and his very contoured and crazy handles, he does, he doesn't have, I don't think he has a two by 72 inch grinder. Um, he has a like a four inch or six inch wide belt like carpenters belt grinder that you would usually see in combination with like a disc sander or something like that mm-hmm. and he does most of his or, i mean he may have upgraded by now but when i first saw his stuff he was doing most of his handle sculpting by hand with a blade with the blade clamped in a knife ice and using files and um he obviously gets gets Crazy activity. I think it's more than anything. It's just taking that jump, and and being willing to for it to be like completely go to shit. I think you you it always you know when people talk about blade grinding, how thin do you take your geometry? I was like, you know, you just got to take it as thin as you think you can take it, and go beyond it before you decide you need to back it up. Um, I think it's the same thing with the handle sculpting. You really got to go past those boundaries. And, or make those huge mistakes but pay attention and take I actually I take notes every time I do a handle uh, a faceted handle because there's always just a little something different to take note of um and and learn for the next time around and I keep those to reference when I come back to do another one um but there's yeah I don't know there's just you. You just got to go for it, I think, more than anything. I don't really, unfortunately, I don't have any good advice (laughs) on how to keep all the angles and everything very consistent and whatnot. Okay.
1: All right. So this next question comes from Tom Moss. How many knives do you get per belt? I.e. typical 8-inch, 332nd shaft knife. I do the typical progression, 36 grit, 80 grit, 120 grit. And I use the 36 grit. For about 90% of my grinding, and I find that I use a new 36 grit every knife. Uh, I I probably get two or three knives out of every 80 grit belt, and then four to five knives out of every 120 grit belt. This is post heat treating uh, grinding post heat treatment nitro V
3: 60 Rockwell. So what's your normal rate of belt use? Mm. That's a great question. Yeah, it it's difficult my cuz my place is a mess here. So I've got right. hooks where I've got like used belts and I'll use them for breaking corners and we, we discussed this last week how the benefits of using a, a used belt um on a on a fresh blade. Um I I I honestly don't know. Um I'd say I can probably get a couple at least out of a, like a 36 where I'll do most of the grinding. Um I do tend to find that the you know the the, the higher number grits so, or you know for the you know the one twenties and I actually got to sort of two twenty on the belt as well for the for the blades um I tend to get less out of them um because you are coming up to finishing the blade then um right. and I find it generates a lot of heat if if you're using an older belt, so I generally get rid of them quicker and I'll keep the you know the thirty six and the sixties sixties around the shop and i'll I'll use them again and you know um. Yeah, I it's hard to put a number on it, but I'd I'd say probably I'll I'll get a couple at least out of a thirty-six, and my progression then is is thirty-six, sixty, one twenty, two twenty. But those two twenties, I go through a hell of a lot of them. Oh, pff, um, yeah, just because 100%. You know, there's not much abrasive on them anyway, and and as soon as you get close to sort of finishing up, any heat generated is a nightmare. So, um, yeah, I'm probably the opposite to what you're saying. I, I'm going through more of the of the higher grits. Uh, or lower grits rather higher number grit um hmm. than, than the thirty six and sixties. That's interesting. That's
1: interesting because um that's interesting because uh when it's different based on the steel that I'm using, the knife that I'm using. Yeah. So when I on this batch of sixteenth inch uh offset straighted knives, I was getting five on I was using mostly thirty six grit mostly thirty six grit belts. Yeah. And what I was getting was I was getting about 5 knives per belt. But that's a 16th inch thick 440C. Yeah. Um when I was do when I, if I'm doing 330 seconds, I'm probably getting two knives per 36 grit belt, but I'm going all the way. And then I'm using the 80 grit belt and then um I'm using the 120 grit belt. I'm getting like 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 Tom is like five or six because I'm, I'm really just using it to finish a scratch pattern i'm going as far as i can with it, 36. Mm. and one thing that uh aaron wilburn had told me a long time ago was he doesn't really he would rather just keep brand new belts on and like you know not penny pinch because you it is your t- your time is more valuable ultimately yeah you know yeah. i mean if you think about i mean look what's a what's a what's a 36 grip belt like about 10 bucks a belt
3: yeah, like a, little, a little bit less, I think. Yeah, but by the time you ship,
1: ship and all the rest of it, yeah, probably right. is. So, you know, you think about how many, you know, you just, you got to add it on to your shit. But I, he's not too far off from where I'm at. So, 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 Marek, I don't know if you've, if you've heard this, but the question is, um, what's your, Tom Moss is getting like 136 grit belt per, per blade, two to three per 80, uh, per, two to three blades per 80 grit belt like four to five per 120 mm. grit belt and he wants to know what we're getting out of each blade sure so to go back to that batch uh sorry but sorry for dropping out there for a
2: second too by the way. <laughs> Made it happen. um go going back to that small batch uh, of knives that i did last year I, I started the batch as 10 knives and i did i did my primary grinding on 136 grit belt um on all 10 knives Um, and then, and then I, uh, and see, I, I, then I, I just hit them really quick each, uh, at 60 grit and 120 grit before, uh, before heat treating. And then post heat treat, I, I broke the batch in half. I only did five of them, Uh, but I used that same 36 grit belt to finish grind five knives. Um, and, and that's carbon steel. Yeah. Carbon steel.
1: Yeah. He was using, uh, uh, nitro B stainless. Sure.
2: Which uh, of course, because of the vanadium content is going to make it a, quite a bit more, uh, wear resistant, which is going to lend or, or, or is going to cause it to only be one, uh, blade per belt. I see right. I See what I see What he's saying here. So, um, but for that carbon set, yeah. And then, and then I went through with the 60 grit and, and hit them all, hit all five of those and, up to 120 and 220, um, all pretty quick. But it is it is car. It was a 1075. Was the steel I did the the batch out of? I will say, um, yeah. When it comes to not, uh anything with carbide forming elements, whether it's chrome, um, vanadium, which are usually the two, or I guess there's a Aogami two blue two has uh tungsten in it. Um, but anything with extra carbide forming elements in it is always gonna beat the shit out of your belts and kill your belts hmm. um it, when i let's see the last crewforge v knife i did um i did like 80 percent of my grinding i actually took it up to like a 400 grit finish or uh it was actually a 220 grit finish and about 30 thousandths at the edge before i did my final hardening so that after I did the heat treat, <laughs> I had to do as little finish grinding as possible to refine the scratches, and to kind of roll that edge down to a nice um, kind of like chopping geometry. That was that that uh, Bowie chef's knife. Before that, though, um, I think the last crew forge V blade I did before that, and crew forge V it has a high vanadium content, so it's super wear resistant as well. Um, yeah, I would. I was using one belt, 136 grip belt per side. Mm. Yeah, wow. it's just, it's an ass kicker uh, on steel. The only thing I, or on belts, the only thing I can advise people on is trying to figure out how to kind of break up and refresh the belt. Um, You can get kind of like, you, you always hear people say, like, jam a file into the, into the, uh, Abrasive to break it up. I never had a lot of success doing that, and I, I blasted out a bunch of files trying to break down you know whether it was you know uh, blaze belts a long time ago or or even um, the combat belts now. and I find that um, using uh, some people use uh, what are called st- uh, star dressers, which are used to clean up like a bench grinder like green silk and carbide wheel. Um, to, to kind of redress that to break down because it'll glaze over too. Um, mm-hmm. those work really well for breaking up. Um, this the 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 whatever the abrasive on the belt. I use these uh, stone dressing tips that you can buy online. They're like a diamond tip, little metal rod. Um, and it and I just drag that across the belt. And I've I've been while finding it's that moving, I get...
1: while the belt's moving.
2: Yes, while the while the belt is moving at high speed, and I just kind of slowly and lightly drag it across the belt, as if I was like very like gingerly grinding uh, a thin cross section of the knife or something like that. Um, you don't you don't want to just jam it in there, um, and that that helps break down the abrasive. I find that I get pro- at least twenty percent extra life out of the belt by breaking it up that way. Um, before ultimately saying that the belt is completely dead, and yeah, basically worthless after
3: that. Yeah, I've had some luck um with the like thirty sixes and sixties, um putting the belt round the other way. So if you look at the inside of the belt, they generally have an arrow. Oh, for um, sure. And I, I think the only purpose of that arrow really, it doesn't say which way you know the abrasive is cut in. It's not like a file. Um, sure. I think it's just so you always put it on the same way because that seam can sometimes, you know, come under and you get a little step. But I think yeah. for primary grinds and taking off edges and stuff like that, I'll, I'll often just turn the belt around and get a little bit sure. of extra life out of it that way too. Yeah. So once right. we're talking about belts, I think we all use the best belts anyway.
0: Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code Talk 15 Do it now.
3: Do it now. But I I think Jeff was right. Don't skimp on belts. Don't try and, you know, save a little bit of money by reusing the same belt over and over because at the end of the day, your product's going to suffer. And they're just consuming I mean, if you work in an office, you're going to go through pens and post-its. We make knives and we're going to go through belts, unfortunately. It's just the way things are.
2: Sure. And another advice, little tiny bit of advice I'd offer regarding belts is, I, I used to go from like sixty to two twenty to four hundred. I used to like those are the three I use, and that's because that's what we did when I worked for Bob. But I found more and more that by having more intermittent steps, starting at thirty six, going to sixty, and then going and then going to one twenty, and basically kind of doubling grit refinement every every step so 36 mm. 60 120 yeah um and obviously there are other steps in between like there's a 50 grit and there's 80 grit and there's you know all kinds of different grits in between there um i i get more life out of each belt um by having those multiple intermittent uh kind of like multiple grits to work through it's less abuse um, on each belt yeah 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 it's like instead of trying to get all of the work if i like jumping from 60 to 220 what i'm doing with that 220 is i'm trying to get all the work done that the 120 would have done but 220 is already such a fine grit that it just kills that belt right Mm -hmm. but if i go at least to 120 that 120 refines those 60 grit scratches pretty easily and then the 220 does the rest of the work also very easily after that and i can get i can do multiple knives uh on each belt versus just one knife per belt yeah and yeah
3: cool okay i think we've exhausted that one Um sure. tarbox custom cutlery asks fader keeps praising the disc grinder as a piece of equipment that has been essential at saving time and improving his work but why um and he asks how are you utilizing to justify the high praise you know sell us the disc grinder jeff first thing
1: first they don't say lockwood don't say Momasi. They fucking go straight to Fader. Lack of respect for you. Fucking lack of respect, <laughs> Tarbucks. That's outrage. And don't think I'm not fucking paying attention. I know, I, I see, and I know that it's... Mr. Fader, within, at least. Not at even least. that. Jeffrey. It's fine. Listen to me. I understand. This is I've established myself as being far more approachable than these two. It's fine. I understand. Listen, I see it Here's as a, a term deerman. <laughs> oh, fucking, don't touch me! let's fucking stay away from me, you bastards! All right, so this is the reason why I got the disc grinder, and I and I I got it because back in the you know a few years ago or a year or two ago, I had a, a um a young assistant named Carl Childs, great kid, and I was getting him to hand sand, and the problem was I was doing I was grinding off the seventy two by seventy two grinder, and we were changing the scratch pattern, and the problem was he was like fucking miserable and he wasn't getting anywhere and the reason why is because when you're just doing the scratch pattern to a satin finish you're changing the profile of the you have to see how you drag the steel across the knife across the grinder you're getting ridges you're getting high points and you're getting valleys you're getting high point peaks and valleys so you need to get rid of all those peaks to get down to the valleys because that's where you're gonna change the scratch pattern you can do it by hand Or you can figure out another way. So I got. So I actually watched. I'm saluting. I'm saluting. I'm standing up and saluting Nick Nick Wheeler, who did the best videos of all time. And he explained how he uses a disc grinder. And he would hold his knife against the disc grinder and slowly pull it. And what would happen is he's taking off the top, the peaks. He's taking off that the he's helping remove quickly that those high peaks so we can get down to the valleys. When I use the disc grinder, you're taking off the high points and you can also see if you have any dips, if you made any mistakes, you can see where your dips are because when you're sanding down and grinding down, you're trying to get rid of all those, you know, your dip is the lowest part of the knife. So what happened was I got it because I thought, I can't be paying this kid or have all these kids in here and then have 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 them take a day to hand sand this knife. So I got the disc grinder, um, it, it, took, it takes a little bit of comfort, being comfortable to learn how to use it, but what it got to the point where I can hand sand a knife in under 45 minutes. So, And then I'm getting a better result and I'm getting much better, um, I'm getting much, the, the knives look a million times better and it's just you're slowly, slowly fine tuning it so it's just getting a little bit thinner. You're changing the scratch pattern and you're taking away a lot of the excess work. And I'm, and I'm saving time, and it makes me more efficient. Sure, Mister okay. Tax or whatever
2: tax what is is tax burden. I, I, good thing I didn't read that one. I would have tarbox. read it Turd
1: Turd Box. <laughs> but I think a Turd and Box. And Mister Tarbox, that was far more offensive than what you said to me. So don't aim this toward <laughs> Don't aim your complaint towards me. Aim it towards momasi
3: it sounds okay. like one of those subscription services that we're everywhere now like a box of <laughs> something else and now it's, it's and, box and, and you now, send it to your enemies
1: <laughs> mr tarbox mr tarbox that's more offensive to from him than anything you said to me too
3: i am oh, with you I, i've just received an order i just i'm very happy sorry oh nice close my ears Sweet. down is, is that what you box cutter Where hey so wait a second so so
1: that's what fucking comes on you celebrate comes on you guys are totally changing the subject if you both insulted our listener way worse than I did. So congratulations. I, I
2: do have a note to add to the disc grinder Go situation. If you Mr. Are doing Tarbox.
1: Mr. Tarbox.
2: Mr. Tarbox, not Turdbox. She did um, it again. Did if it you're again. doing any kind of hollow grind or a compound ground like an S-grind, the flat the flat of the disc grinder, unfortunately, is not going to work for you. It, it's mm-hmm. great for flat grinds, um, but not for any other kind of... It, 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 I actually, I take that back. Uh, Don Wynn actually has a great video about blade geometry. Uh, Don Wynn Knives on Instagram. He does incredible work. He does a gentle convex. So, um, So a convex or flat will work on a disc, but if you're doing any kind of hollow that ain't gonna play. Yeah. Um, but it's still great for flattening out pieces. I used to use my disc grinder all the time for flattening, flattening uh the my individual tiles before doing my tile welding uh to get them perfectly nice
3: and flat. Um and but yeah. That's just a little note I want to add about that. Cool. I think we've talked about knives for a bit too long. So we've got one more thing. That's, it's not a question, but um, Smid Sam Lapland has said, hey, fellas, just wanted to say I enjoyed the jokes and such. I don't listen to the podcast just because of the knives and tips. I listen for the laughs. He says, cheers. Thank you very much, Sam. So, he, should have, he should have just said Fader. Vader. <laughs> fader. That's, that hey, would Fader. The, just hey, wanted
1: fader. to eat. whatever. Yeah. whatever. Yeah. Let's okay, get yeah. quizzical. All right, you oh, sons boy. of bitches. All right. This is going to be a quiz, and I didn't tell you what we're going to do, but I'm going to read you the rules. Okay. This question comes, these questions come from best-selling book, Knife Geometry, Steel, Heat Treating, and Geometry, by friend of the show, Dr. Laren Thomas. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You're both going to have a piece of paper to write on. Okay. I'll ask both of you the question, and you will write down the answer in silence. I'll ask four questions. Just let me read the school. Let me read the fuck. Listen to me. He's gonna <laughs> don't, get yeah, you because, with that ruler. Do you know why? Because you know why? Because you you have a tendency to make noises. Yes, this is Fader. Just listen to me. You, it's Fader. Do you? <laughs> it's no, I don't want a prefix. Thank you very much, like Mr. Tarbox said. Let me finish the thing. I'll ask you four questions, and at the end, we'll see what you wrote. These four questions will be worth a hundred points each. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can wager your points before i ask the fifth and final Ooh, question nice listeners Jeopardy you two can listen let me finish the goddamn rules both Sorry. of you shut the fuck up please i'm begging you please <laughs> listeners you two can play at home and since you're mostly thieves it probably cheats too here are the questions so you all right so now you're both going to turn your cameras on, because I don't trust oh, either one of really? you. Really? Yes, you're going to turn your fucking cameras on, because I don't want to see the light. <laughs> well, we'll some just... Oh, alright, there you go, there he is. Okay, okay, alright, okay, alright, okay, okay, alright. So I'm going to answer these... hair going on here, the two of us. Fine, fine. They I'm going to ask these questions, and there's going to be no cheating, okay? Okay. So you ready? Let me go give you a few... Alright. The first question is about heat treating. Agitating water or oil helps to break up the blank, so that the cooling could be more effective. Agitating water, agitating water or oil, helps break up the blank, so that the cooling is more effective. You guys, you both have that down. So does it have to be quoted
2: from his
3: book? What does? (laughs) Shit, you you (laughs) bastard!
1: You,
2: You bastard! What? What did you say? Does it have to be an exact quote from his book? Okay. I, I unfortunately don't have his no, book.
1: No, I, I, no. I mean, no. It does not, it, I knew that, that, but I mean, this is pretty standard answers. Tell okay. me when you're ready for the next one. Right? We're ready. We're ready. Okay. Normalizing is a treatment performed after forging, but before an, the annealing of steel. It involves heating up to austenite, then cooling in air. Normalizing is performed for several, several reasons. A, refine the carbon structure and eliminate the grain bra- boundary carbide networks. B, make the grain structure finer and more uniform. C, improve machinability. And D, all of the above. Tell me you when you're ready. Okay, I can see nobody's cheating. Mareko's hair looks fucking good, dude. Oh my god, so look good. at it's that screenshot. Okay, next next i really had to that's okay i i really had to i was making sure that i don't i'm looking at you craig i saw you looking down the, get ready for the next question okay austenizing too high can lead to grain growth or plate martensite for low toughness or ex, excess retained austenite for reduction in strength spell martensite <laughs> <laughs> no cheating yeah. no cheating yeah. okay and the fourth question before the final question is steel is made up of a repeating array of iron atoms called crystal structure name the english actor who won the academy award for best <laughs> actor in 1991 for his role in reversal of fortune
3: Can you say boy, that boy. again, please?
1: Okay, I will. Steel is made up of the a repeating <laughs> array of iron atoms called crystal structure. Name the English actor who won the Academy Award for Best Actor in 1991 for his role in Reversal of Fortune. Ooh, both look very, 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 very serious.
3: Tell me when you're ready. I, I'm guessing there. Okay. okay. We're ready. All right, you got
1: all four answers? all what? right the first now the first question for 100 points was the answer is tell me vapor, vapor jacket. jacket that's correct both get 100 Dang. points 100 points each 100 nice job points. what i wanted to do is i wanted to add these questions and so you all have to go by our friend dr laren thomas's book uh, knife engineering, steel heat treating and geometry. Alright, the next answer is normalizing is a treatment performed after forging, but before annealing the steel, it involves heating to full austenite when cooling in air. Normalizing is performed for several reasons. The answer is D. D, D is all of the above. It correct. <laughs> you both got you both got it? Nice. A hundred points for you. Both are on the board. Yeah okay so it, it those are all there these are all actually in the sum most of these questions i got are in the summaries of each of his chapters so definitely mm-hmm. it's definitely worth to get it all right and austin is too high Da-da-da-da-da, Spell spell martensite how did you guys spell martensite
2: oh that's backwards m-a-r-t-e-n-s-i-t-e
1: did you get it right yep okay 300 points for you oh everyone's got 300 points And then the answer to who was the best actor of 1991's role in of Fortune*? the answer is? Colin Firth. Jeremy Irons. Jeremy
3: Irons is the correct answer. Really? Ah.
1: Fucking Jeremy Irons. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy (laughs) Irons is the right answer. See, I tried to...
3: That timeline I was thinking. Okay, that's
1: cool. (laughs) All right, so that... Now we have... Here's the score right now. Craig has a perfect score of 400. Morecco has a score of 300. Now we're going to go into the final answer. And you can bet. Now don't tell me how much you bet. You're going to write down how much you're going to bet. Okay. Oh. Because now here's the chance. Jeopardy you style. can now it doesn't matter at all you, if you figure this out, if you bet all the points that you have, bet the points that you have, we can have the answer. Are you ready for the final question? Okay. <sighs> the cutting ability is the energy required for a complete cut control by edge geometry and primal, primary grind along, uh, along the sharpness. I'm gonna read that again. Cutting ability is the energy required for a complete cut control by the edge geometry and primary grind along with sharpness. In this 1986 movie, Keanu Reeves played a high schooler, slacker, who commits a shocking act and proceeds to let his friends in on the secret. Proce- uh, he proceeds to let his friends in on the secret. However, this friend's reaction is almost as ambiguous and perplexing as the crime. Name that 1986 movie with Keanu Reeves. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> you see, it all depends on how much you bet, guys. Come on, oh, I, I had to fucking slip some shit in here. Bill this. and Ted: Do this Excellent adventure. Excellent adventure.
3: Oh. Yeah. Is one. that what you both wrote? Yeah, but well, I didn't write it. I, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Is that
1: your final answer?
3: Yeah. And I bet. So I, I know got. how much we bet? Yeah,
1: how much did you bet, Craig? 200. Bet 200. So you lost 200 points. I bet so
2: 700. You... I bet my points and Craig's points.
1: Wait, how much did you bet, Greco? <laughs> 700. Wait. No, no, no. You can only bet what you have. You didn't say you I have. could. I... Yes, oh, I said only you can bet have. what you
2: have. Oh, okay. Sorry, I misheard that. I just wanted Craig to lose too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you're on minus how many hundred now? You bet. Se- yeah, all right, it's fine.
1: I'm, I'm you bet I'm 700. Four. So you're at minus 400. So Craig won. <laughs> the answer was the river's edge. Congratulations, ladies and germs. I tried Woo-hoo. to use, I tried to do a, uh, a slip. Now you can turn your microphones off. It's okay my I me. Mean, it's okay. fine. I mean, unless you want, you camera. It but that no, was, no, no. congratulations, Craig. I know you've been looking for, Craig wins the new knife, to point, uh, knife talk quiz generated by <sighs> questions from uh knife engineering <laughs> was that what was that was that the congratulations to craig? all the correct answers yeah, <laughs> yeah. so oh, yeah. craig wins oh, 200 points Mareko did a great job by i didn't congratulations craig there we are that i'll was, put that on that my was records
3: little... of achievement I'm a my lot senior. of work yesterday
1: a lot of work yesterday
3: so if you also were listening to this
1: podcast yeah. if you were listening to this podcast and you were playing tell us how 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 you did if you were listening along at home, tell us how you did. Tell Mareko how you did, or tell Craig how you did. Don't tell me. I don't care. <laughs> you say, if hey, you tell Fader, me, I'll block you. Is... <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah
1: that, that is not a joke.
3: <laughs> that is not a joke. You well, know, talk... guys, if we... go ahead. So I was going to say, talking about blocking people, I, I've I've got a new system. So whenever anybody tags me as a competition, like, it's, mm. you know, tag, tag three friends to win this machine or whatever, if you're tagging me, I'm blocking you. This right, is so, the worst are, thing ever. I hate you. Are it. you gonna Are you gonna tag? Are you gonna block Tomer then? He <laughs> 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 seems did the it did to want me this week. I know.
1: <laughs> are you gonna block him? We're all blocking Tomer now. I'm not, I'm not gonna block Tomer. He What's wants he to win. Doing? He wanted to win a laser laser cutter or something. I don't know what he wanted to win. Yes, yeah, a mill. Well, yeah. Guys, I do have some dilemmas. If you're interested in in dilemmas, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Dilemma time, guys. This is where if you wanna send dilemmas into the show, DM us and DM your dilemmas and we'll get into it. The first dilemma comes from Maximus Knives. Hey fellas, here's a question or dilemma for you. If you were stuck on an island slash survival scenario, besides your immediate family, what one person would you wanna be there and why? So you're on a deserted island, no hope of rescue, you got to be on there with someone, or maybe you're on there, you know, survival situation. Who's that one person you're going to be on there with? And nobody better say Bear grills. I was going to say, it's not oh, going to be man. Bear grills anymore. With <laughs> <laughs> that breath it is. Jesus, it be? Jesus, Bear, could you just go down wind me a little with that breath of yours? Urine
3: breath. <laughs> um... I'm gonna split the our audience fifty-fifty here and be political here. Oh
1: wait, it's not us. It's not
3: the three. I don't think it, the answer is not the three of
1: us. Oh, I know. I'm not gonna. Oh, we we'll invite oh, either good. of you two anyway. Jeez. Let's fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were gonna split the audience, and I was like, like no, fucking, don't pick one of us. We I'm tried not going really pick hard one of not you. to
3: be political on this show, but this is the opportunity. So I, I'm gonna take one for the team and get Trump on the island with me and save the rest of the world from his madness. Hmm. That is a brave fucking dude right there. Brave. Brave. I lose half my followers here. (laughs) Who cares?
1: (laughs) That's a good answer. Mm. Aye, aye,
3: aye. That's Uh, a good answer.
1: I I ain't ain't doing that. (laughs) I'm going to be selfish. No, I'm not going to do that. Who am I going (laughs) to (laughs) get? Who am I going to get? I feel like I'd need someone to talk to. I feel like Mm. I'd need someone to talk to, but I can imagine that after the first day, it's all over, I'm not interested anymore. They'd have had uh, enough of like, you by then, yeah. Oh, they had enough of me, I've had enough of them. <laughs> it's like, it's just the, con- the conversation goes from like panicked. It's, you know, in the beginning it's gonna be a panicked conversation and yeah. then you're gonna be bored by the, all the panic. So I think, now I think, you know, you're gonna have to, this is gonna be completely 100% a selfish act. I'm going to go back in time, or I'm gonna. Ha- I can have anyone. I want 1996 Elizabeth Hurley. That's who I want. Oh, to
4: oh,
1: oh, oh yeah! Oh, wow! That's <laughs> what I want. The, you Elizabeth's asked the question. Do, you, asked a question you. you asked the question. You asked the question. I'm giving you the an answer. 1996 Elizabeth Hurley. Thank you very much.
3: Nice. I, I yeah. would have
1: thought you were more of like a Marissa Tomei guy. guy. I once bumped into Marissa Tomei, and it was not. Pleasant. I, I do, do like Marissa to Actually,
2: physically bump into her.
1: I was walking down the street in New York. I was going to somewhere, and I recognized her, but I couldn't really picture from where. I don't know Marissa tome and I'm looking at her. And I'm like, God, is that a friend of mine? Because we're not too far off on age. So I'm thinking, is that a friend of mine from school? Because I knew a lot of you know beautiful girls from other you know high schools. And I'm like, where do I know her? I know her, and I'm squinting my eyes. And she just like rolls her eyes and make this big, I know, I'm Marissa Tomei. She didn't say it, but she like, it was a very like exasperated, I know you think that I'm famous, I know that I'm famous. I was just like, whoa, I don't know this person at all. So yeah, that kind of turned me off. And then a friend of mine, Josh Radner, I went to college with, he's, um, he played Ted Mosby on How I Met Your Mother. He dated her for a while. I didn't know her and him at the time. I know him, but yeah, it wasn't Marissa Tomei. Or it would have been nineteen eighty four. Kathy Ireland. I'm so. just googling Marissa
3: Tomei now. Yeah, she was in. Uh, know, she's doesn't great. seem familiar at all. No. Oh, dude, really? She
1: was. Uh, she played the. She just played uh, the last big thing. She was uh, Aunt May, and then last Spider Man. Uh, she was in uh, my cousin Vinnie. She she's in the fantastic. Wrestler. You know, she's fantastic. Okay
3: but so yeah we- i i'm with you on your uh, elizabeth hurley
1: definitely oh yeah, yeah. 1996 True. elizabeth hurley shut the fuck up come on man you, <laughs> keep, you keep trump you keep trump all to yourself you keep trump all to <laughs> yourself you're fucked talk about fucked uh who's it gonna be moreko
2: <laughs> yeah i i really have no what do you idea got? i don't know i can't th- i can't li- i literally cannot think of anybody pick somebody you're going to pick, otherwise you're going to be on you gotta, your own. On, you got 10 you pick, seconds, right. otherwise you're on your own. Well, it's me yeah. and my
1: family. No family. Ugh. No, no family. family. Pick somebody. Oh, no family. Nah, no, no family. family. No, no. What do you think? You think I had the choice <laughs> to pick my family, I'm going to pick fucking Elizabeth Hurley? How <laughs> do you think that's going to go over? <laughs> I was given specific rules, I can't pick my family, so I'm going to pick fucking someone from the okay, past.
2: Yeah, I have not a not hard your, time listening, I, apparently. All do
4: right. you think
1: that uh, I honestly threw my,
4: my family Robbie, out? okay there. yeah
3: there you okay you two the next so dilemma selfish. comes from I one for the team <laughs> yeah you certainly did it was
1: a stupid pick p.s it was a dumb pick you're stuck on that island with trump and well i'm on i'm on with
3: 1996
1: elizabeth hurley i made the better decision on a, on are you, are a selfish you a 1996 level
3: 1996 jeff fader as well with that strong jawline
1: no i'm a fucking 2020 Okay. I'm a 2020 Jeff. I may, you know, maybe I am 96, 1996 <laughs> Jeff Yeah, I mean, That'll be good. All right. So the next question comes from steven Rust. Hi guys, I need some advice. I have the opportunity to display and sell some of my knives at a friend's restaurant. In the display, I want to include some of the information to manage the expectations of uninformed customers with regards to maintenance and potential staining slash patina of carbon and Damascus blades. How do I do this in short but informative way? Thanks for the great show. Does that make sense? I know so, exactly
2: how to do it. Go ahead. A QR code that goes straight to <laughs> that goes straight to Craig's video.
3: <laughs> I don't think that video's even up anymore. Oh it's not up. Well website, make your own no. video.
2: But do a yeah. QR code and they they can just scan it and you can make it flash and bang and all sparks and stuff, but I, a nobody's a very, gonna stand there and read Anything?
3: No,
1: they're not even yeah. gonna buy. Or, I don't even know if they're gonna buy knives out of a restaurant. Yeah, I, I've had I've been down that offer road for that to
3: me, and I'm just like not interested.
1: When you're, it is a when
3: strange one—a restaurant for displaying knives. Well, it's
1: great, weird. and it's great for him. But here's the problem: when you're done eating and you've paid the bill, you might not want to be going <laughs> spending more money on. <laughs> you might want to just go home. Because hmm. I had knives with uh, a chef down in Atlanta, and he wanted to put them in his gift shop. And you finish dinner,
3: and you don't want to go in the gift shop. You want to get the fuck out. You're stuffed, and you're tired, and you just pay the bill, and you want to go home. I suppose it depends on the kind of. I mean, some restaurants are real sort of destination places, where right. you may wait a year to get in there, and whatever. And when you go there, you want it. You want. It. They have big problems with people stealing their menus and stealing all sorts of stuff right. because it's it's you know it's a reminder of of that special special time. So that kind of restaurant, possibly. Um, but if it's just you know your, your general sort of high street restaurant, I can't really see people buying stuff. But It doesn't. Well, obviously that's not the question. The question
1: is, yeah, what yeah, should exactly. we do? And I think that I think that Mareko's idea is the best. Have like a fucking a link, a link to a video. That's the yeah. best thing to do. Do a video and just. That's the best. I I thought. i What are we going to do here? That's the best idea yet. Don't write a big thing saying, for information on maintenance and da da. da go to.
3: And then do a video. Hmm. Great idea. It's the best yeah. and Particularly, I mean, Mareko mentioned QR codes. Um, now, all phones now, you don't you used to have to get like a special app, you know, to read the QR codes. Now it's right. just built into the camera. So you just li- literally flip open your camera and it'll read the QR code and take you out. How do you do you need that? To go. Just your camera. App, you, know, <laughs> you have to you know press a button, you have to press like scanning for no, QR codes. No, it'll, code? just, see a, it'll just, it just see a QR it code, recognize it, and it'll do it hmm. automatically. Hmm. Look at yeah. that
1: automatically yeah. oh, all that. right the next question is from nick edwards i sent off a custom knife after a fair bit of back and forth planning and conversation with the customer and i know he got it but i didn't get one single an, an, acknowledgement should i just move on we all get this guys yeah everyone's all fired up and they're back and forth <laughs> yeah. and excited and excited and excited. You put it in the mail. You know they got it. And then crickets. And then you think, yeah. are they happy? Are
3: they sad? Do they get it? They didn't get it. Mm. What is going on? If you know they've got it, move on. Um, if there's, if you think maybe they haven't got it, you, you can obviously follow it up and say, you know, if you received the knife. But if, if, if you know they've got it, don't put yourself through any... any... <laughs> <laughs> any, any undue uh, stress, I suppose. Just move on. Get on. Get on with the next knife. Sure. What do you think, Marco? Well, I agree. And
2: you know, you, who knows what kind of can of worms you're going to be opening? Because I, I, as much as people think they know what they want, I guarantee they don't. Especially when it comes to something like a custom-made knife. And I've had customers. I, you know, you talk about 15 emails back and forth about shuckers. I had one guy. We had. 200 correspondence about this fucking knife that he wanted to build. On top of, well, in, in addition to the knife, it was just him complaining about his life. I all of a sudden became his therapist. Jesus
4: Christ. Yeah.
2: So, um, who knows what you're going to be opening up with that. And So, we did all this back and forth. He got the knife. He had it and used it for like a week, and then he's like, uh, I didn't like this little thing. And he, he's like, there's some stupid innocuous thing. And he sent it back. This is, and this is the worst part. This is the only knife that I've ever had sent back. Fortunately, I had no problem selling that knife. But he thought he knew exactly oh, what a he refund. wanted. And the, yeah. And the problem is he didn't know exactly what he wanted. Yeah. He wanted to be he didn't even want a different knife man. So I was just like, cool. I'm never gonna do that
1: again. That's a gut buster. <laughs> That yeah. is a total. That is like worst case scenario in terms of a time. It's somebody referred to that. I don't remember where it was, but a time vampire. I don't remember <laughs> who said time that. But away from me, that's again. a time vampire. Is that and and Chris,
2: Chris, Chris Cash was that one of your podcasts recently? I, right? don't,
1: I don't remember. I, might, I don't remember who. I don't remember who said it, but it was like, I, 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 it was such a good point because it's like there are customers who are all over you and it's like which is great but at the same time it's like when you get that situation now i have learned i actually had a couple knives a knife sent back early a two that sent back early in the day one for a refund that's back a while ago and then another one that i had to just kind of clean up and fix and just make some changes it did help me a lot and i think that the one of them probably changed the way i make knives in terms of you know what the guy was right so yeah. i'm i don't hate i don't hate that it's hard to fucking take it's super hard to take yeah, yeah a lot of times i used to make a joke one guy was giving me such agitation kept sending to tony i was like this guy thinks he's he watched too many fucking ninja movies you know it's just like i can't cook at all <laughs> he's just what, you're like what does he think what is he you know like you know did he all of a sudden it's going to make him a better cook or something i don't know it was very odd and, and it's it's annoying One thing I will say, Nick, is as a society, civilization in general, we've gotten less polite. And I remember when I was younger, you sent thank you notes. And you, you know, if somebody invited you to dinner, you'd you'd write them a message thanking you for a wonderful evening. Or you show up to someone's house, you bring them something. Or you say please and you say thank you. And as my kid has gotten older, I've noticed her friends don't say please and thank you there's definitely a lack approaches. of oh i mean it happens all the time you're going to notice it too and once you start to notice how impolite a lot of people are you're going to see that it it's it happens from a, you know you just they don't think that you need to say thank i mean when you buy amazon mm-hmm. you don't you don't you know write a thank you note obviously so people are getting used to like buying stuff and then they're just they don't respond you know mm. i just had a i just had a set a set of knives out big set of knives out i haven't posted them yet and you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I sent him. I assume he got. He knew. You know. I assume he got him. I'd heard a fucking peep. I know. I know. It's. It's. But it's just like. And you think, did he get him? Is he happy? Sure. What's going on? You know. But I don't like you said. It's a can of worms. I don't want to. I'm gonna call him up and say, is everything okay? You know. But what do you do? I think you just. If there's a problem, there they'll tell you.
3: Yeah, I think it's if you have that sort of. A communication where they know if there's a problem, they know they can come back to you. You know that then. I think there is a problem, they will come back to you. It's not awkward for them. But if you hear nothing, I think you can generally just assume they're happy, they're getting on with their lives. You can get on with yours. Yeah, it's so heard... always that nervous time when you you know you're sending knives, and I've got a bunch now which I know are in you know they're in they're in mail. They're, they're you know I've, I've probably got probably two dozen knives at the moment which are in the process of being delivered. And you just got you just got to let go of them, you know. And you have you, you got your track in. You can you know you can always come back to that if if there is a problem. But once you sent them and they're tracked, and, it's out of your hands.
1: And then you
3: get a message from me about
1: one of your customers. Remember that?
3: <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so okay, I sit on just the couch t- and I get a message, of Jeff, saying, "What well, have your customers has asked me?" In- Listen <laughs> to me. Let's
1: just let's just get this out in the open. I had a customer here who was a crossover customer, yeah. and um. He said oh, you know my girlfriend you know got one of those knives from Greg and, and she hadn't received it yet and and he I think he was just being you know very uh he was just being very you know casual about it with me And I'm like oh well you know what I'll I'll go check and then I was just like Ugh. and then as soon as I started I said I'd check I said I would check I was I was like Ugh. Now it's on Why you. Am I, now I gotta fucking really check, and I was like, oh, I sent a message to Craig. And I was like, don't be fuck, don't fucking be mad at me. And then your response back is, "What are you, my fucking shipping agent?" It was great. It was, uh, it was great. but uh great. But yeah, I felt bad
3: about that. I'm never gonna do that again. Yeah, but it is one of those things. Once they've sent out, as long as you've done your sort of due diligence and you're making sure they're tracked that you just got to let go of them, unfortunately, you know? And however, there are some of the people in the community who are flea bags,
1: so that some of them need mm. to be reminded. Mm. Sure. So, you know, I, I will
2: say with customers that I was really like uh, people I, I have kind of relationships with and have become very friendly with and we message outside of just the order and just the, you know, that's the best part about doing this custom work is that you do develop some real friendships or relationships with some people. Um, I, I, if it's those kind of people, or e- even in general, if I want to reach out to somebody for one, whatever idiotic reason I want to do it, I will try to do it in a way that's very, you know, trying to be helpful more than anything. Hey, I see that you got the knife. I just want to follow up and make sure everything's all right. I've had nothing but very positive responses. Anytime right. I've done that. And people are you know, like, oh, obviously you've, you really care about your work to follow up and, and care to make sure everything's okay. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so, I mean, while I say you never know what kind of can of worms you're going to open up, it also is, isn't the worst thing in the world to just be and, and you know, you, maybe you feel like some sort of, I don't know, like anxiety or, or animosity or something, or I don't know, for whatever reason, feel anything towards it. Just, I think just approaching it and trying to be it. Uh, from the per- perspective of trying to be helpful and, and follow up and just kind of like Jeff talks about like good customer care more than anything
1: and customer yeah. service. I don't generally follow up. I don't, gen- I, it's just like, right. I, I don't, no, but I don't, do yeah. that. I, but I'm used to, I'm used to, I've gotten customers that I forgot about from years ago. I haven't heard a thing since I sent the knife out and I'll get a message saying, Oh, I love the knife. I want to buy another one. That's nice. Hmm. Cause you're just like, yeah, I, I saw this one guy knife. I don't remember that. But then all of a sudden you're just like, Oh yeah, he never said another word to me or, or like you know I, I there you're just gonna have to expect the fact that some people just there is a degree of I'm not saying they're la- they're not polite but they're not as polite as sure you'd like so well and
2: know. I think there's something about like gentle following following up and just making sure things are good usually more of those touching bases with those customers will lead to re- repeat business more frequently yeah. than just leaving them
1: alone. Hmm. Yeah, and he says gentle he doesn't he means don't say hey motherfucker where's what's going on or listen up asshole <laughs> yeah, exactly. i haven't heard from you hey shithead <laughs> what's up with you, hey, you like that knife or what yeah uh, box, don't st-
3: right. i apologize you know, if, we're, if we're talking to that. good customer service talking good customer service i want to tell you about texas fire supply they stock um the sandpaper that we all use um uh, which is Wet, and they've, they've got all the grits there. And, you know, we always talk about Wet, and it saves you time and saves you money. It's the best sandpaper out there. That's why we use it. But Texas Fire Supply, they they, they stock it. They've got all the grits. Um, TexasFireSupply.com, there's more than just sandpaper there. They've got a whole section dedicated to knife makers. And if you use the promo code KNIFETALK10, they're going to give you 10% off the order as well. So head on over to TexasFireSupply.com, and we've had a few messages this week from people saying how quick they've received their orders. So yeah, good customer service. Head on over to asfarasreply dot com and don't forget to add your Rhino Wet to your order. Shall we? We've got a couple more questions here. Shall we just get on with these questions and then we'll we'll call it a day? Do sure. Do it. Okay. Hi guys. Um, this is um. Oh. Oh. Come on. Give me a second. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Iza median Iza Median is a median is a med ijan sam- <laughs> <Sam-a-di-jan>. I sam samadi jan I something like that. I seveni jan <laughs> I, I uh, samadi jan we will we'll go with
4: Samadi jan <laughs> 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 uh... Man, ah, these names um oh, hi guys
3: yeah. thanks for a great podcast listen to every monday here's a question for you how do you disconnect your mind from work after the workday is done i feel it's really hard sometimes especially since it's so much connection with your customers through social media these days i really struggle with this and any tips are welcome um thanks again for a great podcast um and i repeat that was I-Semity jam um <laughs> yeah how how you know this is this one is quite difficult for me because I don't have like a. I know you two guys or uh, Jeff especially. You'll go into work at a certain time and you'll generally finish at a certain time. Um, I don't. I try to sneak in time throughout, you know, a day where I'm, you know, I'm caring for two two little kids here. So I, I don't have that time. So it's difficult for me because I can sometimes find myself, you know, when I'm, you know, with the kids and we're sitting down, maybe we're watching TV or we're playing games or something, that I'm. You know, I'm checking my phone and replying to emails, that kind of thing. So I don't really have that separation, and it is a big, big problem. So that will be changing as the kids go to school and I get my new shop and all that kind of stuff. Things will change, but yeah, I mean, like Jeff, how how do you do it? Do you literally, you know, at five o'clock is that it until the next morning? How do you? Well, disconnect? I mean, it's hard to not think
1: about what's going on. It's like you know, usually the last twenty minutes of the shop i'm kind of organizing exactly what i need to do as soon as i walk in the next day and then that way i can kind of there's no real there's no real uh i know i know what i'm doing for the next day but i do every day my family and i we've been walking the dogs a lot that's been a lot of fun and then my in-laws just sent me a fire pit that we put it together yesterday and we were sitting by the fire and watching the stars and ps there's this awesome app called sky view and if you point, ah, know, if yeah. you point it to the sky, it'll. You can point it to stars. It'll tell you what stars and planets you're looking at. So we were doing that yesterday, and I didn't think about anything except for how much good time I was having. And we mm-hmm. just kind of getting ready for the fall and trying to do anything we can uh, at home inexpensively that we can. You know, our in-laws sent us this fire pit, and um, it was really, really great. It was a really, really great way to. I didn't think about the the work at all. So trying to figure out different ways to kind of see uh i love walking my dogs to be honest with you it's like it's really really a, where i get a lot of just kind of quiet
3: thinking going yeah sure
1: nice.
3: marako what about you because I, I think you're in the same sort of situation as me aren't you where you maybe don't have you know these set hours to be in the shop how, how sure. do you disconnect
2: i mean i we try to have set hours but yeah like you said it, it doesn't always work it out that work, way yeah um so, yeah, I actually, I've struggled with this actually quite a bit of disengaging from the work and when I'm not in the shop. because um, And it's, pro- you know, it, it'd be, probably be good for me mentally to be able to uh, kind of take my mind off work and focus on other things and kind of be more present at home or whatever. But, yeah, I, I really struggle with it, especially when it's kind of my days all mixed up between um family and work you know so yeah being present's could...
1: hard yeah i get that from my wife a lot like you're not with us right now like even mm-hmm. if i'm in the room and she can tell that i'm staring off and onto something or thinking about something or i'm anxious about something sure. and she totally knows she says you know, you know you're not really with us right now that that is problematic mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. and i I think no matter what sort of what you work as, whatever industry, I think that that's a growing problem for most people, isn't it? We you know, we've all got these devices strapped to us that are, you know, demanding our attention all the time, you know, little knocks all the time saying, you know, come and spend time with me. It's it's difficult and yeah, you know, I do little things now as you know, I leave my phone, you know, downstairs when I go up to bed at night so, you know, there's no sort of distraction there. But yeah, I think we all need to come up with sort of Systems to make sure that yeah we we're trying to be present as much as possible you know especially when it comes to you know family and loved ones that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Deep man, deep. Uh, <sighs> okay, is anyone there? Is... Yeah, right here, no okay. problem. I'm with you. Okay, are you on your
1: phone? Are you are you just scrolling away. I know you, you passed me asleep. You passed me asleep. I mean, you got me, you got me going. <laughs> um, the next question comes from uh, uh, Jacob Grace hey guys love the show question for the podcast if you have a warp and need to do a shim temper does it have to be done on the first temper like if you notice the warp after this after the first temper cycle will a shim temper on the second temper cycle get the warp out or uh, has the heat uh, done its thing already so if you notice you know you're doing a temper you do your first temper you notice there's a warp in it can you shim temper after first temper
3: um, I don't see why not. Because you're not, you're probably not increasing the temperatures. If you are, so I I can't see what difference it it would make. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the man for that answer. What do you think, Marekko?
2: Um, I think, I think I would do an initial lower temper. If especially if this is something that happens to me a lot, um, I might do my first temper at maybe 325 degrees, um, and see how that goes. Um, but I think, especially if you're tempering at the same, te- so say you normally temper at four hundred, which is kind of standard standard temperature. Every time you temper at four hundred, uh, what's happening is some of that converted martensite is then um, relaxing. There's there's a, a physical change um, that's happening to that steel, um, but. If you keep, keep hitting at 400, almost nothing, especially after kind of like after the second or third round, nothing is happening. And what you need for those warps to kind of work their way out or for shim tempering to be effective, um, you need kind of like that activity. But the problem um, or, or kind of like that transformation happening where that martensite side is relaxing. But that doesn't really happen unless you bump up the temperature maybe a little bit more to like maybe three or 425 or something like that. So, the reason I say maybe do your initial temper, temper at a lower temperature, like 325, is so that if there is a warp after that first temper, you can do your shimming, whatever you think you need to do, and then bump it up to maybe 350, 375, or 400, whatever. And that way, it is a slightly higher temperature, there's going to be a little bit more action, and there's going to be kind of like that f- actual physical change in the steel that will allow for that shim temper to kind of do what it... What you're wanting it to do, but if you're if you already tempered it, like like I said, if you've tempered it once at 400 and then you try to do the shim temper in the second round, almost nothing is happening in the steel at that in that second round of tempering. Just the very slightest bit, um, from any kind of converted from any retained austenite converting over to martensite and then being tempered uh, after that first round. So very little is happening in that second round and you've, So you're very unlikely to get the kind of movement, I think, or ideally that you would want. So I but that's not how I temper straighten myself. So I wouldn't I'm mostly
1: armchairing right now. You you can (laughs) you can as long as as long as you're not going over what the temper cycle is, you can like Mareko said, you can just drop back a little bit. You're not gonna change, you're not gonna lose more. Uh, you're not going to lose more because I mean, as long as you're right. below your initial temperature, you can shim. I've done that where I actually did one knife. I think I might have shim tempered it. It wasn't. I didn't. I didn't over. I didn't over correct the warp enough with the clamps and then the shims and stuff like that. And then I did it two times. I was like, I better do it again. And I and I over corrected just a little bit more, and that got it out. Usually hmm. one or two times get it. But what he I think what he's saying is he may, maybe he didn't notice it the first time, and then the second time is when he noticed it. But yeah, you could shim temper you know you can shim temper as long as you're not going over your initial temperature by a lot hmm. you can do it every, sure. you know four five six ten times probably probably like i said probably at the end probably <laughs> okay i've done ten i've done there. i think the maximum i've ever done is probably like four, or four, four times where i was like i really want to get this one out
3: hmm. but uh yeah that's yeah. what she said <sighs> I tell you what, Jeffrey, Mr. Vader, could you tell me, some, tell me some facts about your, your very special grinder?
1: Mm, the Broadbeck Ironworks 2x72 grinder. That is my workhorse. I just got, uh, Ryan sent me a bigger drive wheel. I think he sent me a 5-inch drive wheel to make my uh, grinder go faster. Just a little bit faster. It was a 4-inch wheel, and now it's a 5-inch wheel. Band, that's a good thing. I love those guys. They're constantly making things very easy to upgrade. Um, all of their attachments are super cool. I just got their uh, their fullering attachment, which is also the integral bolster attachment. Man, that thing looks awesome. I can't. I haven't had a chance to try it out, but I'm just. I have it in the spot in my shop where I'm just like, I want to try this out so bad. I just don't have time. Um, it's got a. It's got a real. I love one of the things it has that I love is on on the platen. It's got a very, very long platen, which is great, because especially for when you're having it on its side, if you're having it uh, horizontal, then you can put the uh, work breast against it, and when you're using it, you're almost, I mean, you're using it in a different way, but having that long platen really, really helps. Um, it pivots horizontal to vertical. A lot of the attachments are very intuitive. They all connect to the slack belt arm, so you don't have a million different arms. Uh, in the shop uh, you don't need wrenches to change and you know, pull up the platen and you know you get your slack belt arm. you put the attachment so that it's got some just levers and stuff and um when you buy it and you put in you go to knife talk Ten, you go to broadbeckironworks.com you put in knife talk 10 they're gonna give you 10 percent off and then the shipping is included in the price so they're not gonna nickel and dime you um i like these guys a lot they are knife makers they're making machines for knife makers so they kind of know what you're going through Which is Hmm. super super you know there's something to be said about that and they stand behind their work and they're very approachable and if you have further questions getting a hold of ryan or vince is very 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 easy and they're they're very very willing to be involved both forge and fire competitors um they got grinders all over the place you know so i dig those guys knife talk 10 com. There we go nice
3: Mareko, what's the dream for the week? Mm. So I, I
2: made those wooden spoons, but I have no way of putting a mark on them. So <laughs> figuring oh. that out. Uh, oh. There is a kind of, what is it? It's uh, uh oh God, I can't even think of uh, a makerspace. Oh my God. I could not think of that mm. word here in town. Uh, they do have a laser. So um, hopefully I can coordinate with them. And or somebody that kind of works out of the space to do some laser work and just yeah. laser in the name real quick. Hopefully it's not too challenging to do that.
3: Um yeah. without this becoming laser talk, um you because it's wood. I mean you could get like a like a diode laser um mm. for like for like less than a hundred dollars now. Um and oh. you just hook it up to your computer, you 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 know, you you put in your your, your graphic. Um, like like a five watt, maybe ten watt. Um, they're not even watts, sorry. They're kilowatt, five kilowatt or ten kilowatt. Okay. Um, and yeah, super cheap, and they'd be able to do do it on wood very very simply and really be really effective. Yeah. You get diode laser. Or, Okay. Or even or even a, you know a little branding iron and just you know heat it up and that'd be pretty cool too. Yeah. I'm sorry i jumped i enough. jumped in We're on your dream That's there. perfect sorry it's the last thing you want a, yeah. a dream yeah, and then there's me popping up why do you want to do it? <laughs> oh i hear about you all the time <laughs> oh, God. Get yourself.
2: Get yourself. <laughs> um and other than that just getting this knife finished up and moved on to the next order and just keep plugging away at that list
3: cool cool <sighs>
1: I'm going to. I'm in hand sanding mania for the next five days, and I've given myself a very tight deadline per day on how many knives I'm going to hand sand, and I'm excited to race my way through 56 knives, and um, my kid's going to be here for at least one, probably four days, which will be fun, And so it's not going to be loud, and, and um, hand sanding is going to be very loud, so she's going to be here, and I'm looking forward to her hanging out. We've been having some good times cooking and stuff, and uh hopefully get some uh, more fires in the fire pit and bingo bango bongo i saw that you have a grate that you can cook on over that fire pit my in-laws are from wisconsin they're from the, the heartland and when they buy something it's meant to be used so they bought this ring i don't know where they got it from and there's this welded collar on it and then there's a pin and then there's this swiveling grill and then you can swivel the grill off the grill, off the ring, and onto the ring. It's such a smart move. And uh, I just got some uh, pavers to just go underneath them, and it's a, yeah, super tight ring. God, I was unfortunate. she said. That was unfortunate. <laughs> that was unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, uh, I was so embarrassed that I said that's a super tight <laughs> ring. I mean you gotta you gotta you Dude, can't make that this ring sh- is so
2: tight all bro. Right.
1: can't make this tight. fucking shit up I am so tight so embarrassed that I said that <laughs> out of all the things I've ever said on this podcast <laughs> I am that's a super tight ring is definitely not what I wanted it to say. No. no. Elizabeth Hurley, nineteen ninety six. All right, here we
3: are. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my week. <laughs> um so yeah, well today is Monday. Play um, your music um, for fuck's sake. I just did. You you were thinking Liz Billy's ring at the time. <laughs> okay. Um so today is Monday, which is the day the podcast comes out. Um and I've launched the box cutters, so I'm hoping that goes well. Um I'm also going back to work on the, the camp knives. Um, to get those ready for uh, delivery. So, yeah, I just want a, a week of no fuss. Just simple. I want lots of shop time and just quietly work away on these uh, on these camp knives and hopefully we get some orders in for the box knives too. Um, and that's it. No dramas. That's all I'm after. No dramas. Nice. That's a show. That's a show. What's that? 154 or 155 five now. Hell of a lot of shows. So if, was a tight if show. um, you haven't listened to them all, <sighs> it was tight dude um Slip head on over Narnar, to bro. makery.network
1: wait a second stop everything <laughs> i like your american accent
3: who's I mean, mine
1: yeah your southern california california accent that's it you should definitely work on that respect
3: <laughs> them on new york accent <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah you got both coasts congratulations yeah, coast I to am. coast yeah
3: so if yeah if you've enjoyed the show head on over to uh makery.network where you will find um over 150 other shows that's what over 300 hours of your listening pleasure um so yeah head on over to makery.network as well as our show um there's a bunch of other shows as well for makers just like you so whether it's you're into machining and metalwork, you've got things like handmade. Um, it's just there's just a bunch of loads of other stuff. So head on over to make work. Pr- plug our guys. Oh, you put me under pressure now. Yeah. Well, place. I'll help you. Go listen to the Young Maker
1: podcast. That's our buddy. Uh what's his face? <laughs> uh-huh. Kenzie. Kenzie Aaron. Kenzie Aaron. <laughs> I love you, buddy. We got we got uh, we got uh, uh, we got, uh, oh, uh, Work For It podcast. Yeah, Work For a Podcast. That's always fun to listen to.
3: Always what else fun. we have? With Brian, Brian House. Yeah, 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 yeah. Simple Little Life with Little uh, Life. Jeremy from the Simple Little Life channel. Right, 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 right. Um, the Art of craftsmanship, Dustin and right. Devin. Dustin and Devin. From their shop. Damn right. Never forget. Yeah. And, um, uh. I don't know. You going,
1: Jeff? What's
2: Chris, Chris, yeah. Chris That's Zepieri. That's the
1: handmade show. podcast with Chris Zepieri, uh, 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 Paul Pinto, and, and uh, Derek from Malden. Most Thursdays, that one. Most Thursdays. Oh, shot. This is shots across the bow this whole episode. Dude. We are <laughs> taking shots across the bow this whole episode. I like their <laughs> but podcast. There's
3: lots of good content. And there's the Head full on blast over account. to network. Full, full Blast podcast, which is masterpiece. my masterpiece. I'm interviewing uh, Tyler I mean. Bell this week. Tyler Bell's uh-huh. coming in uh, coming in it's like to talk I've about seen him. lots of videos this week of him yeah. at Alex's place on his on his trendy one wheel.: Yeah, good dude, very nice. Young young mm. man, good dude.: Cool. right. okay, that's a show. Um, go ahead off. have a good Monday, everybody. have a good week and we shall speak to you soon. Bye for now.